And welcome to episode 22 of the At Bat podcast presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez along with Miles Porter. How are we doing today, man? Hey, doing good. Doing very good. A lot of, uh, oh my gosh, man, we're going to get into it, but the White Sox are, even for me as a, as a Cubs fan, I want to see Chicago team succeed. This team's breaking my heart right now. This is painful to watch. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, I feel like every episode, it just keeps going lower and lower and lower when it comes to the White Sox talk. And yeah, yeah. it's like, regardless, bro, we're both wearing Cubs jerseys, but you know, you, you, uh, for a lot of the guys in war media, I mean, they're, they're Sox fans. So it's like, you don't, you don't want, you don't want our, you know, our buddies to be down and out. Right. You know I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's starting, starting it's to be really tough to, to just find any silver lining, uh, but Jeez, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I do want to get into, uh, first is, uh, the Milwaukee Jaguars playoffs. So tell us how that went, man, over over the weekend. Yeah, uh, you know, it went it went the way it went. Um, that that game has been rescheduled for tomorrow night. Um, and you know, we got the championship series coming up, so that's that's fun. It's been it's been a very long season, and this is kind of bringing everything bringing everything home. And uh, tomorrow will be my last game with them for the season, because you know, as you know, I'm going to Israel next week. So, uh, you know, hoping to hoping to finish out this season strong and, uh, you know, I'll be rooting for I'll be rooting for my boys overseas. No, hey, there you go. That, that's that's what I like to hear. I mean, uh, um, and I th- it also did want to like get into we talked about it a little bit before we got on is uh, just kind of lay out like what what's the the deal when you go to Israel? Uh, just kind of give, uh, you know, our fans kind of an insight of, of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I am staffing. I'm leading a group of participants in Israel as I was led in, in March when I went for my birthright trip. Um, and so, you know, for me, this is just a way of paying it forward. No baseball right now. That won't be till, you know, I go back there at a, at a later date. Um, but this is to give other people the experience of Israel that I had. Um, so I'm in a leadership role along with, you know, amazing co-staff an amazing tour, an amazing tour guide. Um, so it's, you know, it's, I'm excited to go back in general and, you know, to I look forward to seeing everyone's reactions when, you know, when they're in the country and they experience certain things for the first time. That's pretty awesome, man. And that's what, yeah. I mean, always when you can uh, give back in, in some way to, you know, somebody that or like, you know, do what somebody did for you. That's pretty awesome. So yeah. uh, I, and also I, I, I wanted to know too, like the process of the, uh, so obviously as a world baseball classic uh, inches closer, it's in March next year, but uh, how does that process work in, 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 in like of like qualifying for the team or making it on the roster? Like, how does that work for you personally? And like, how does the, how did the team go about qualifying for the world baseball classic to begin with? Cause I was, I was kind of wondering as much as like, I watched the world baseball classic, like no. the qualifying process is different. I feel like compared to like other sports, like I'll pay attention to the soccer, like the world mm-hmm. cup qualifying or like, I don't know, like champions league qualifying and stuff. It's different obviously. Yeah. So yeah. Can you just like uh, give us a little bit of an insight overall for you personally and the team? Yeah, yeah, I think um yeah, I, it's it's for for the team itself to qualify. That that's still a bit of a blurry line, but yeah, I mm-hmm. think for for an individual player specifically for I could talk about for for team Israel is if is if you're 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 Jewish or you have, you know, some sort of Israeli bloodline. Um and for me being adopted into a Jewish family, that is that is where, you know, certain things have come into play for me. With that process, you know, there's a lot of players on on that team, uh, such as Ian Kinsler, who's another great example of uh, someone who who has a lot of ties and is Jewish. Um, 
so it, it's you know it depends it depends on depends on you know your scenario and how you were brought up and what your connection is to Israel uh what your connection is to being Jewish and that's how the Israeli baseball team you know is doing it um and you know when I played for the national team for Switzerland uh simply it was because I was living there you know with my girlfriend so um you know it's it's so different it's that's such a good question it's so different for for every team um but any but any sort of national recognition representing a country it's, it's one of the mm-hmm. coolest things in the world so you know i look forward to seeing what unfolds down the line i'll, I'll make sure to reveal more soon no yeah it's pretty awesome and i, I like it i think i said it before too it's like we got to have those vlogs you know what i'm saying with you and any any type of footage you can get from at least even next week you know it doesn't matter any type of footage oh um gosh. we could add to the episode and uh kind of have like a because you won't be here for next episode so like we'll be, maybe have like a segment at the end we'll see what miles is doing um and I'll send uh, in a little update yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it's pretty cool and like yeah i have looked at like i have been look keeping up with uh the rosters for the world baseball classic and just yeah. obviously obviously we know how loaded the u.s is now mm-hmm. uh with like you know guys like you know pete alonzo and uh, Mookie Betts and yeah. uh, Mike Trout but um you honestly look at other teams uh including um Israel and more and more major league baseball talent is being uh put in the put on those rosters I think it's yeah. pretty pretty uh, yeah, damn yeah. cool because you want the world baseball classic to just get more and more respect and just higher in the ranks of for tournaments in the world and this will definitely help it I mean I saw uh Harrison Bader uh committed to the team uh Jack yeah. Peterson apparently also uh on the team um and just uh, uh plenty more i'm sure to come so that's that's really cool and um and yeah and you mentioned ian kisler and, and the fact that he's the manager now i think it's as it's uh speaks yeah. volumes as to like what you know um uh, that how how much that team is has grown and is growing um compared to the last world baseball classic where they made a significant impact um yeah because yeah. it's it, because it's funny dude like you really you tell people like oh yeah is like you tell i was you know telling people like who qualifies for the world baseball classic and you know israel comes up and they're like israel plays baseball i'm like bro yeah <laughs> like yes like <laughs> yeah. and you want to yeah, yeah and you want and you want to and you want to know how they play baseball just watch highlights of the world baseball classic from 2017 you'll they find ball. out they these dudes can ball yeah same thing, same so, thing with germany same thing with switzerland yeah. places that people are they, right you, exactly you that there's no baseball there mm-hmm. oh there's there's some there's some yeah. great baseball out there a buddy of mine who i played with on the swiss national team mm-hmm. he got drafted to Mar- to the marlins so it's it's one of those things where it's like, hey, man, this, there's, there's talent for baseball everywhere. And I think that's what I love about the World Baseball Classic, that it showcases how these guys are able to play in the major leagues. They're able to play on a, a team and be signed somewhere. Uh, it's just a matter of opportunity being seen at the right time. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's the thing, too, is like that's what I like about the World Baseball Classic is you get a peak of like these amateur players that yeah. you, you never heard of or, you know, whatever, and it gives them an opportunity um you know and stuff like that and also just seeing other countries like i mean i, I like and like i said too with along with israel is like teams like colombia too like i didn't know mm-hmm. colombia was that big in baseball like to, to have you know and they and you know they had a jose quintana and he you know was played really well against the u.s and all that so yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're you know months away but i can't wait for that tournament because i think it's going to be like the best world baseball classic ever I um, agree. so hopefully uh yeah everything goes well for israel and yourself so i'm pulling right. for you all right, so uh, we'll uh, shift over to Chicago, the our region, and uh, talk about. We got to lead off with the White Sox because uh, there's a lot to to kind of delve in on there. Um, with just what honestly, like as much as you know, I said like every episode it's been going, you know, in, like in a downward trajectory. 
um, even more so this week. I mean, it was just one of the more disappointing weeks uh, in, in, in as it continues even into this week. Uh, one of the more disappointing weeks in, in sacks uh, for the sack season. Um, and it's just, you know, uh, losing series uh, and um, getting swept. Um, yeah. They lost a series to the Orioles, which is not a, t- a, a total downer, but the fact that they could have easily won that series uh, once again. Um, is the disappointing part. And then they got swept by the Diamondbacks. I mean, that's like, regardless of where the Diamondbacks are, because when you really look at it, I was looking at it, and I mean, like, you know, mathematically, they're actually um, still in the wild card hunt. They're nine and a half, nine and a half back, but they're still there. So they're not, they're not a, a terrible team. But yeah. again, uh, this is a team that has more talent than the Diamondbacks um, on paper and uh, should should have, you know, been able to beat them. Uh, as it stands, uh, the White Sox are seven and a half games back in the wild card race, uh, and six games back in the Central. Um, we'll delve into each series and and kind of talk about it. But yeah, well, I know you had a lot to say. Uh, we we're t- texting yesterday, and just you know, what what you know what stands out from this this type of week for the Sox. This is just uh, this is as bad as it gets for this team. Um, you know, we we we, we touch on it, and it's. And it's it's interesting because we're seeing teams change throughout the year. We're seeing teams get better. We're seeing some teams, you know, kind of go in the, in, in the wrong direction. And, and with the White Sox, they've, they've kind of been in the middle this entire year. Last five games, we're just, we're just, we've just gone in the wrong direction. Two and eight of the last 10 games. This is as bad as it can possibly get. You have, you have, you know, all this going on along with, Players getting injured, players not performing well, issues with hustling. Uh, sometimes this team just looks beat before they even go out there, and it's just it's just sad. It's really sad to see. So, and 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 I'm I can only imagine how frustrated White Sox fans really are because prior to this, what well, you know what is their core group? The Sox were struggling for years before that as well. So. To kind of have this, this, you know, this, this skid and falling off of the face of the earth right now, that's really unfortunate. That's really unfortunate for this baseball team because, regardless of 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 how of how, you know, terrible this season has been, I think that this is still a very talented team. I think that there just has to be some changes in when it comes to the leadership. They need to, they need to get a manager in there that's going to fire these players up, that's going to keep these players on their toes a little bit, um, kind of enforce better. Uh, you know, better situational hitting, uh, you know, kind of getting on pitches a little bit more and, and not allowing certain things to progress with the way that they have throughout this entire season. I believe that that can, that can be a huge difference maker. Now I think there's going to be a lot of things that they're going to have to address in the off season in terms of management, in terms of different things going on with different players who, you know, who may be on the back end of their, of their careers with the White Sox. Lots to talk about. There's a lot, there's a lot to fix. I don't want to say just chalk up this season. You still, you still got September to play, um, but this is a season that you got to learn from. Tony Larusa, I think, is a he's a great manager, a great guy. Right now, he's just not the answer. He's not the answer. He's not the he's not the spark that they need. Obviously, the players are going out there and playing. It's not Larusa. It's not just him. A lot of these players are underperforming, but there has to be some sort of change to really fire these guys up going forward. Yeah, and I think that's another thing too. Is like the when people talk about the the things that have gone wrong this season, it's it, yeah, it has a little bit to do with everything when it comes to the managing, the injuries, and stuff like that. Like, but when it comes down to it, I think the most 
or the biggest thing that stands out to me is the inconsistent play. It's the players, right? It's like the Yohan Moncada is like, regardless, you know, a lot of, a lot of injuries have happened. We get it, but everyone has injuries. But when you play, um, if you're not playing up to the standards, you know, of what you're expected um, and what you've done before, um, it's obviously going to, you know, going to bite you. And I think that's some of the things that have, you know, gone wrong for the Sox. Um, and as much as we've appreciated the Jose Abreos and, um, you know, Luis Roberts when, when they're on a hot streak and Tim Anderson, obviously him not being here hurts, but the Sox have enough talent to pull through and, and to, and to, you know, be able to overtake uh, the guardians or the twins in, in the standings. And it's just not happening. It hasn't happened all season. And yeah, there's a month left and yeah, you can't really chalk it up just yet. You can't throw in the towel. I know I've seen a lot of uh, people uh, talk about, you know, the Sox being dead and, you know, them being done, but anything could happen. And especially going to September, I think we've seen, you know, um, in, in our lifetime of watching baseball, I mean, I know I remember the, the 07 Rockies, you know, they no, I don't think anyone really expected them to, to, you know, have a deep playoff run. They won like 22 out of the last 23 games going into October. And, you know, it, there you go. So it, it, it just takes one good run. And, you know, if the Sox could get Tim Anderson back, you know, as soon as possible, and go on a little run, I mean, that could change everything, and, and they definitely have the opportunity to do it, but they got to do something, they got to do something quick. I know, um, as always, their schedule looks favorable, and as always, that's, you know, that's a double-edged sword, because you're like, you know, uh, it's teams that are under 500, or, or you know, whatever, but it, everything's in their hands. You know, they're playing, you know, upcoming, uh, they're playing another series against the Twins, uh, they just got to have. So um, it's really all in the Sox hands. They got to just win the games um, as well as hope that the guardians, uh, you know, go on a little bit of a, of a, uh, you know, losing streak. So it, a lot, a lot can happen and a lot needs to happen for the Sox to get back on, 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 you know, on their road to the postseason. Uh, they, in that series uh, in the past week, they, they did lose to the, the Orioles uh, two games out of three uh, in, in the opener uh, sees, you know, for his standards, has had a rough month. Uh, had an ERA of 3.26. Anyone else, you're looking at that and just, you know, not bad an eye. But for Cease, for the, you know, he's a guy with the 2.27 ERA. Um, that's, you know, that stands out. Um, in uh the second game, the Sox were able to win that. Uh, Giolito bounced back from from a rough start. Gavin Cheats, who's been uh playing out of his mind in the second half, or at least you know, uh, since coming back from the from uh, the AAA stint. Um, and then in game three was that dude that gut re- gut wrenching loss like it like it yeah it's one of those games where it's like even if you're not a Sox fan you watch that you just cringe because it was in, in the ninth inning uh and the so- the Sox were up uh three to two I believe it was it was a score and um and they the Orioles popped it up in 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 foul territory and uh Adam Engel went for it and he dropped the ball. And that was like the third out. It was it was a uh, Kyle St- Kyle Stowers. It was who was a uh, batting, and then in the next very or I think it was in their very next pitch, Liam Hendricks throws, and it's a solo bomb to tie the game. And that's like, whew, I mean, if that if that if that doesn't say everything uh, for the Sox season, I don't know what does. And yeah, I was just watching. I'm just like, man. I mean, that's it doesn't get any worse than that. Um, they were ended up, obviously, like I said, they could have easily won that game and won the series. Um, and then they ended up coming, coming back home and, and getting swept by the diamondbacks and, uh, losing game one, seven to two Cueto, you know, had his worst start of the season. I think looking at that, um, we've always, we've been praising, uh, Cueto, 
um, you know, for, for, you know, for as long as he's been with the sacks, he's been one of the best pitchers and, uh, and he got lit up, um, in game two, the Diamondbacks finish off this, or uh, sorry, in game two, uh, the sacks, uh, lose 10 to five Merrill Kelly is able to hold off, uh, the South siders. Um, and then in game three, uh, the sacks lose three to two, uh, as, uh, Dylan Cease goes eight innings, uh, gives up two runs, but it is not enough. Um, and then uh, Sacks opened up a series, like I said, it's leaking into this week as the Sacks opened up a series against uh, the Royals, and the Royals just owned the Sacks. Like it, it's been all, it's been an all season thing, and you know they had a, they have their rookie Nick Prado. He had two home runs yesterday, and uh, in a nine to seven a Royals win. Um, and I will say this too with that Nick Prado uh, as a rookie, he became uh, just the third rookie in Royals history. He, uh, he joined a list that has Bo Jackson and Kevin Seitzer as the only rookies in franchise history to have a game with four plus hits uh, to go along with uh, two home runs. So a historic night for that guy, but also uh, Gavin Sheets, uh, two home runs, five RBI. Um, he's been killing it, dude. I mean, ever since he came back from the minors, um, he had a little bit of a stint down there and he just is, it looks like a different player. He has a 970 OPS uh in the second half um just kind of what have you seen from him and uh like what what improvements has he made or what like what does he look different when his swing and stuff like that because there's got to be something that he's worked on to kind of get uh not necessarily back on track this might be the best uh stretch of games we've ever seen you know sheets play yeah, you know, one thing that I've always been noticing with him, especially over the past few games, like you've talked about, is just his approach at the plate, um, what he's looking for. And in terms of, you know, you know, with, with his swing, I just, I've always felt that Sheets is, he, he has so much strength and he has so much strength, but he can still be smooth with what he does. And that's so much what I tell a lot of the players that I coach is that we can still be a strong hitter, but we can also control how long our bat stays to the zone. So if you're really, if you're watching him, so anyone who's, who's watching Gavin Sheets hit right now, um, during his at-bats, he's very patient. Um, and a lot of what helps us hitters succeed is keeping our bat through the zone as long as possible. Um, and so what I mean by that is, as a hitter, when I, when I, am, when I am at the plate, I don't want to, I don't want to swing in which, you know, I'm going too far up or my hands are going too far down. If we could find some sort of middle ground, I'm not saying to swing completely straight. You do want to get some angle with that swing, but at the same time, keeping our bat head, that barrel through the zone as long as possible gives you so much more of a chance for the ball to touch your barrel. And that's what I'm noticing with him right now. I think that's made the biggest difference. A lot of what I saw from Sheets earlier this year was a lot of trying to lift the ball. So causing him to swing over the ball, resulting in strikeouts, resulting in lazy flyouts or weak ground balls. Um, you know, I think that's one, one of the biggest things for him right now. That's mechanically, that's what I've noticed from him. And I think that makes the biggest difference because he's giving himself a chance uh, every single time to make solid contact. Yeah, and and uh, to compare, you know, the first half that he's had in the in the twenty eight games that he's had in the second half, um, is the first half he had a six fifty nine OPS, so so he's had a big, you know, um, has made a big leap, um, from that, and you know, to a guy that you know, I think maybe the Sox might have considered trading at the deadline for for a piece, um, and and obviously there's a reason why they didn't, and maybe this is why they knew he could find it, but yeah, I've always 
looked at his his swing and, and kind of thought to myself, he's got a really really nice swing, and I think the the way that um he plays the game is definitely yeah. you know a guy that could play himself into a starting role with the Sox if everything Absolutely. you know goes well for him. So Absolutely. and the Sox have always uh or at least for the past few years I should say looked for you know a left handed power bat, and if he could do that for them, um that would be really big and um definitely help him out, especially this stretch. And going into next year, uh, the Sox did have uh, some bad news when it comes to the injury uh, bug, and it's Michael Kopech going on the 15-day IL with a knee strain. Uh, just something else the Sox don't need, and uh, it just uh, com- continues to pile on. So Sox will have to make do while he's gone. And then, of course, Tony Larusa. You know, as you mentioned before, he had, he uh, is going uh, further medical testing. He missed a game one against the Royals. Um, I don't believe that he'll be at game two, but they, I, I don't think, I'm not sure if they have released uh, that news just yet. Um, but yeah, about you, Tony. We're thinking about you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, despite of what, what's going on in the season, I mean, these, these guys are humans. So it's like, exactly. you know, you, you really hope uh, the best for them and, yeah. and hopefully everything uh, turns out well um, for uh, looking ahead. Uh, they have two more games against the Royals. The sacks uh, um, I've already lost a series against them. Against the against Kansas City, the Kansas City uh, owns a ten to seven uh, season series lead. So the most the Sox can do is cut it to ten to nine to end the year. Um, two more games against the Royals, and then three games against the Twins. Uh, what do you expect from the Sox, and, and what can they do to beat a team like Minnesota? The Royals, you got to you know you got to win those games. Um, yeah. But uh, the big series is is this weekend against the Twins. Uh, what do you think about that? Gosh, I I, I think I think we kind of you know, know what to expect a little bit with this team at this point. What I'm hoping to see out of this team is just a little bit more life, just a little bit more fight in terms of, you know, what is on the line because there are certain things this season that are still very obtainable. Uh, They put themselves in a position where it is much more challenging to obtain some of these things. Um, But, you know, Go, you know, I think I think when it comes to Minnesota, don't do not let this team uh, come into your house, eat your food and make a mess. No, this is this is your house. They're they're, they're coming to the south side of Chicago. You guys got to take care of business. I I am I am sick and tired of seeing this 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 very talented team. My my opinion is not going to change on that. I'm tired of seeing this very talented team um, struggle against teams that they should be handling their business against. Um, that's a big three-game series. That's a big – That is, it's huge. They want any chance of getting back into any sort of contention this this year. You've got to sweep, and you got to take care of the Royals before that. There's, 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 there's very little room for error going forward. And as I'm looking at their schedule right now, they have a – you know, they have a pretty favorable schedule in, in a lot of parts of what I'm looking at. Certain parts, eh. We'll see about how they do against Seattle when you know when they when they leave uh next week. But you know what? I think I think it is so important that the White Sox understand that they they this is in their hands. Like 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 Boone said, it's it's, it's right in front of them. You know what I mean? This this is this is the same thing for the White Sox. There's still so much that they can obtain. It has to start with this series against twins. There's there is no game that you can the Sox are out of this position where they can lose games and things are gonna be okay. They're four games away from losing 70. So my hope for them is that they kind of kick it into gear, kind of hit the reset button with you know these next games against Kansas City. And then when Minnesota comes down, 
handle your business, handle your business. Cause that's what, that's what we do in Chicago. Yeah. And, and the, the, you know, there's nine games left against the twins. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's you know, that's so much. And, uh, twins, the twins lead the season series six to four, but the Sox can flip that on its back, um, you know, easily. So it, it's going to be a tough road, but, um, like, you know, we said before, it's really on the Sox hands. They can easily, uh, get back into it if they just play like themselves and, and get healthy and, and, and get all that done. And hopefully things go their way. So, um, now shifting over to the Cubs, um, they've, uh, obviously had a better second half, um, as, as much as, you know, they, they sit here at 55 and 75. Um, and, but, uh, I will say that, uh, they got checked this week, uh, in the past week, they got, they got checked by their central, the central leaders. And, uh, uh, you know, they play well against them. We've said that multiple times. They play well against the best teams in the central. Um, but uh, they were, they lost a series against the Cardinals, three games out of five. And then they lost two games out of three in Milwaukee. Um, and to be honest, the, the, the series against the, the Cardinals, um, this is the second time that, you know, they've, they've gone toe to toe with the Cardinals and, and just lost by a game in a five game series. So again, great signs. Um, but it just shows you how much, the Cardinals are better uh, and just the class of the central so far this season. Um, and uh, in that series, um, you know, we saw uh, a great debut by uh, Javier Assad, uh, the Mexican right-hander. Um, and he was able to beat Wainwright, you know, he, you know, he, he went four strong innings in his debut uh, in the, in the, excuse me, the Cubs uh, were able to win that game two zip. And then we saw like, you know, uh, on the flip side, we saw Adrian Sampson ha- have a tough start against the Cardinals, a, a rare clunker for him, you know, 13 to three loss for the Cubs. And then uh, in the finale, when it was uh, two games apiece, uh, Goldschmidt really showed why he's the NL MVP, man. I mean, he is uh, as good as it gets uh, two home runs, five RBI performance, you know, in, in, in the game against Stroman, Stroman, you know, gave up five in, in five innings. Um, what have you seen from a team like the Cardinals um, that, kind of solidifies uh, their spot for you in your mind, in your mind, like what do you, what do you see in their game? That's like, they're going to be, you know, despite how weak the central has been this season, um, what makes them uh, the team to beat in, in, in the Midwest. The experience, the culture of, of St. Louis, um, the, the veteran presence on this team also makes such a big difference. You got Nolan Arenado, you got Paul Goldschmidt, you got Adam Wainwright, you got Yadier Molina. You got you got so many veterans on one team, talented veterans, not just guys who are who are just kind of playing their days out. Every player I just mentioned has had some sort of major significant contribution to this team throughout the year. You have that on top of the younger the younger players who are looking to these older players who are who are also you know being very productive on this team, and it's kind of all just coming together. And this is why. Not only do I think the Cardinals are, you know, I think they have solidified themselves for the rest of the season. I, I think this team is way too mature to to slip or anything. I, I I think the Cardinals pretty much have it in the bag going forward. They know what they have to do. They know what they got to take care of. I think when, you know, come playoff time, they're going to be a very hard team to deal with. Um, just because I believe that the knowledge of this baseball team is that of five coaches who are playing next to their players. Uh, so that's scary. 
that's really scary because it's, you know, playoffs come around, everything's hits a reset. So I think, you know, it's just the culture, who this team is, and, and you know, who the guys they got. It's almost like you expect it. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like, as much as, you know, we roast the Midwest this year, like how, like, Compared to everyone else, like it's just it's just been whack baseball, and like yeah. we we see too, we see a lot of it. Like we have the right to say that because we see so much of it. Yeah. But the Cardinals are always that type of team where like always. it doesn't matter what type of season they have or what type of team they have, and and like it's 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 just I don't know. The more you see the team, it's you more the under the more that you understand why they are the the, the best of the best yeah. um in the Central Division in general. Um, you know, Tommy Edmonds of the world, you know, the, the largest new bars. I mean, dude, where do they get these guys? Right, I mean, yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you watch, you watch the Cardinals and it's like Brendan Donovan and Lars yeah. Newt bar. And these guys dude, did they come out of nowhere and they rake, they just come yeah. up and rake. And I feel like every single year, there's a couple of guys every, every year where the Cardinals are great. They have <laughs> two or three young guys come out of nowhere and just rake dude. And it's not even like the Dylan Carlson's of the world. Like he's not having, you know, he's not having right, as right. good of a season as he should be, but like those guys are just killing it. And, and not even defensively that, as well. They, they, they've been yeah. incredible this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and then like, we've talked about it before, but obviously Pools is having a out of this world season for his age yeah. um, and, and just how good he's been. And, on, and just, Albert. yeah. I mean, it's just been right crazy. There. So yeah, if he can, you know, I think he's was he still seven away or six away? I think is it six right? away now. Yeah, I think it might it might be six, but uh, six away from from seven hundred. Um, yeah, it's gonna be uh interesting to see, you know, if he's able to get that um as soon as possible. He's got he's got like thirty games left, so hopefully the Cardinals put him in the lineup every day to to kind of get in there because I know he's been he's been better against left-handed uh a pitching all season. I think that's where he's done the bulk of his damage against left-handers. Um, he's got a crazy OPS against them compared to like the right-handers, but I think it's like six something. So yeah, hopefully that, you know, uh, works out for him. Uh, and then the, the next series, the Cubs lost was against the Brewers in Milwaukee. Now that series, uh, again, you know, was kind of those classic Cubs Brewers matchups where, um, first two games are split and the third game was rubber, rubber match. And, uh, in, in the first game, Ian Happ uh, had a day. It was basically Ian Happ beating the Brewers uh, on his own. He had two hits. Uh, both of them were home runs, and, bo- and that led to the Cubs' 4-3 to three win in extra innings. Um, he became the first uh, Cubs player in history to lead off an inning with a two-run home run, obviously be- with the aid of uh, the uh, ghost runner at second um, in the in extra innings. Um, and also was his first extra inning home run in his career, so that was cool to see. Um, in game two, it was uh, all Brewers late in the game. Uh, that game, it was nothing, nothing. Uh, going into about the seventh inning, uh, Drew Smiley and Woodruff, they had a battle. and uh, But uh, the Cubs bullpen of uh, Rowan Wick and, and, and Michael Rucker uh, were not able to hold off the Brewers in a 7 nothing loss. And then the offensive battle in the finale, uh, Brewers ended up winning 9-7. Yelich had three hits. Uh, Nico Horner had his, himself another three-hit game. That's his, I believe it's his 13th of the season. Um, that's puts him fifth in major league baseball with uh multi-hit games or uh or three hit games, I should say. Uh but in uh all in all, the Cubs won that series, and I think you know we could take any consolation. Uh uh we'll take any consolation that we can get this season. Uh we won that series ten to nine overall. And honestly, dude, if the Brewers do not make the postseason, 
uh, in, in like, you know, you know, if they, you know, get left off the wild card uh, and you know, central, um, they could point easily to something like this, you know, a, a season series where they should have had more games against the Cubs and they did yeah. it. Um, so, you know, I think when it comes down to it, it was a big deal that the Cubs were able to, you know, beat them on there and then kind of, uh, you know, have the upper hand. Uh, yeah. But what, if, what, like, for the Brewers, they have a lot of uh, not necessarily issues, but a lot of things that stand out to me that I don't know if it's a good sign because you look at the the uh, teams that score mo- the, the the most, you know, their the the bulk of their runs by home runs. Yankees are yeah. first, Brewers are second, but the Brewers are way different team than the Yankees. You know, the the, the Yankees have an, an offense that uh, an offense that has Judge, um, who's you know just a ten away from sixty one uh Stanton uh DJ LeMahieu like they have a a, their lineup you know Rizzo they have a lineup that's way different from the Brewers the Brewers I feel like as much as they can live and die by the home run uh it it doesn't really make sense to me because their lineup doesn't really have a lot of home run hitters like you know they're you know Roddy uh Theus I believe is their you know their leader in home runs uh Willie Domus has not been as great um as he was last year for them but um just, oh, just kind of, what do you think about the Brewers and the way they have played this season? Um, and how do you feel about their postseason chances as we sit here with like a month ago? Yeah, I think I think this is a team that cannot live and die by the home run. But unfortunately, that's been one of their biggest downfalls. And when we talk about what makes the Yankees successful with that, is that you know the the, the Yankees are also a very productive team in other ways offensively. Um, the a lot of what the Brewers have done this year have they've had they've had their games where it's been pretty amazing to watch offensively. Then they've had their games where it's very lackluster. Um, you know, play, players like like Christian Yelich who actually had an amazing series against the Cubs. I want to point that out right now. That was that was that that was that was, that was Christian Yelich from a few years ago. I haven't seen him in a little bit. You know, it was nice. It was nice to see him again. That was very scary to watch. I think is I think it is. You know, kind of like series like that where if if the Brewers if the Brewers are kind of a better situational hitting team, I think that would help them in many ways. Um, you know, and what and what I mean is in situational hitting is that is that they 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 come through it in, in different moments. It's one thing to hit a to hit a solo home run, but it's also another thing to hit a go red go go ahead home run later in the game. Uh, it's one thing to have you know Christian Yelich back to his old form. Which is which is, you know, kind of kind of one of one of the stable pieces of the Milwaukee Brewers, for him to have the tough time that he's been having, I think that has kind of thrown off their entire offensive strategy throughout the years. I do, uh, so much of so much of the offense is, has been built around him, with him falling off a little bit and and, and struggling, which I don't think is going to last forever. I think he's going to slowly start to come out of it. I just think this has just been a tough few years for him. I think he's way too mature, way too smart of a hitter to continue this. You know, I think there's many things that we can point to with this with this ball club, but I think it's just, you know, be a better overall hitting team. I think that'll help them for sure. But yeah, no, the, the central is going to, you know, the, the finish for the, the NL central is going to be, you know, fascinating to watch uh, as, as, you know, 
we'll see how the Brewers are able to uh, try to, you know, get back into the race more uh, and, you know, against the Cardinals. Because those series are always good, too. I mean, they I feel like they always match up well against each other. And either just, you know, whenever, anytime you face a team that knows uh, you well, it's always going to be a battle. But um, as for the Cubs, uh, they, you know, continue their losing streak into, you know, into that series against the Blue Jays. They lost a couple of really close games. I think we saw, you know, why the Blue Jays are in the position that they're in. Um, they just have, you know, tons of pop and just tons of talent on that team. Um, in the first game, Cubs, you know, could have won that game also. I mean, they lost five to four in 11 innings. Um, and then in the second game uh, last night, uh, Toronto just outslugged the Cubs. You know, Morrell, Contreras, they, they had home runs, but um, it was not enough. Uh, Stroman returned to Toronto, and he was able to bounce back uh, with five innings, one uh, one earned run. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, Contreras left the game with an ankle injury. So that's something that we also something to watch out for, um, you know, late in the season. So you don't, you know, and he's obviously, you know, going into free agency, uh, most likely. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, one to watch out for how the Cubs handle that and, and to see how long he's out for if he is out. Um, also, I want to talk a little bit about Brandon Little and just kind of, man, I feel bad for the guy. He just had a debut. Uh, he de- made his debut yesterday and it was a walk. Um, uh, uh, he slipped on a ball on a comebacker, um, you know, couldn't get the runner out at first. And then immediately after that, uh, Dale Scott Hernandez, it's a uh, home run over the right field wall. So, yeah, tough uh, debut there. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where I feel like sometimes when debuts don't go that well for players, um, it's you know, I mean, look at Chris Bryant. And I, I always point back to that one because Chris Bryant, you know, uh, struck out. I think it was four times against James Shields. Um, if if not, it was three times, but he did oh, strike out. Five, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. You know, you don't always need a great debut to to make sure that you know you can have a, a successful career. So hopefully, Brendan Little uh, is able to bounce back from that. Um, but another big series coming up for the Cubs this weekend. It's another you know playoff type series against the Cardinals. It'll be at St. Louis. Um, so hopefully they're able to you know uh, hang with them again. And the pitching's you know for the Cubs has been there for the second half, and they've you know again like I said have been playing very competitively in the second half. And, um, you know, already have already have 20 wins in the second half. So if they can just continue that into September, um, you know, it'll it'll mean a lot to as, you know, Nick Nico Horner said to free agents and and stuff like that. So hopefully uh, the Cubs uh, can uh, continue to rattle off some more wins. Uh, we'll now move on to the rest of Major League Baseball. Before we go, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Julio Rodriguez and just like how he's just taking the baseball world by storm. You know, he's the, he's um uh, a 2020 guy, uh, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases, which I think in, in this day and age is like, you know, kind of like, you know, as rare as it gets. Um, and he, not only that, but, uh, he's the first, it's the first time since 2002 that, you know, that the Mariners have a guy, uh, 2020. And, uh, he also got an extension, uh, and I believe it was uh, 12 years. It's, it's, it's a contract that can go up to 400 mil, but I think it starts at 210. Um, but yeah, it could just kind of like what's what like what are your thoughts on the, on this guy and, and and what this extension means to him and, and not only to the young guys in the game. Yeah, it's it's very much well earned. I think because of who he is and when you see when you see interviews with with Julio Rodriguez, he's such a charismatic kid. Uh, this this you know, there's such a great head on the shoulders, um, and I, I also believe that he's had a solid season as well. 
you know, 116 hits, 266 batting average, 66 runs, 65 driven in, and 23 stolen bases. I, you know, I think I think there's so much, there's so much, you know, so much of an upside uh, to him. There's and the the Mariners they recognize that they recognize what he could do for the game going forward, along with obviously the other players who, who look to him. Um, it's really good. It's really good for the game of baseball. Uh, and I think other 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 young players who who are in his position or will be in his position in a, you know in a year or two, you know they can look to him and be like, you know what, if I have a good head on my shoulders, if I stay positive, if I go out there and hustle and play hard every day, good things good things will happen and good fortune can come to me. So that's why I believe, uh, you know, has happened to Julio Rodriguez. I think there is. I love his attitude. I love I love everything about how he plays. I said it from the beginning. I'll keep my eye on him. I remember I said at the beginning of the year. Uh, I've always been, you know, a big fan of his before he came up. So there's, there's, you know, there's so much to look forward to with that and with other players who are in similar situations as him. As I said, you know, he's kind of the role model that, you know, that could be. He, he's kind of sets the bar. So that's that's what I look at when I look at him. Yeah, and the, and the coolest part too is is uh, just the fact that. The kids, I mean, I think he's like twenty one, right? So it's like it, it's it's ridiculous. And then also, uh, the team he's on, the Mariners. I mean, they're in the playoff hunt. Yes. Uh, as much as I think I've, we've ever seen, um, and they're you yeah. know second in the wild card race. They're seventy one and fifty eight, yeah. uh, half a game up on on the Blue Jays. Um, they're second behind the the Rays. Man, if they could just get into the postseason, I mean. No. Not only yeah. would that be game, you know, game changing for them, but just like Seattle needs a playoff, you know, run, and and if they can get it here, and and, and you never know, man. It's like they made a deal for Luis Castillo, and people thought at the, at the deadline they're like, man, they're making this for no reason. Like, what's the point of doing this? They're you know they're just not they're not going to be in the playoff hunt come you know September. And look at where they're at, man. I mean, they they made that deal for a reason, yeah. and they yeah. they think that they they think that if they can you know just get in, you know, they have guys like George Kirby, Logan Gilbert. Uh, Robbie Ray, if he can you know, find it, you know, he obviously hasn't uh, pitched up to his standards, his Cy Young standards. But if, if you know, Marco Gonzalez, they have a nice, healthy staff that when you put in a postseason series, you never know. And I think that's what they see yeah. in themselves. And I think that's what they, they're hoping for is that they could surprise. And I think when you match them up to these teams that are in, that are going to be in that wild card, uh, you know, little a tournament for three teams, um, they can easily beat any of those teams, which is the yeah. Rays, the Blue Jays, or even like the Twins, they yep. can beat those teams. And I think that's the, the best part of, about it. And I think that, you know, uh, most likely it's going to be the Astros that are when the, you know, the one seed and are going to have a buy. And like they, you know, if they, if they put up, you know, if they're able to make it through to that round into the division series and it's Mariners Astros, they're two teams that know each other very well. Now, I, obviously the Astros have, have been able to beat them in the season series over the years, but you know, the Mariners know them pretty well. So if, if you know, I'd rather face a team that I know well than, than a team I've never, or I, that I haven't played in, you know, Absolutely. In, a, in a big series like that. So yeah. uh, hopefully everything turns out well and we're able to, you know, get a, a Mariners postseason run with Julio Rodriguez, you know, cause that'll be great for baseball. Yes. And I think we're, we're in, in the state of the game right now, especially with young players and obviously with the Tatis thing and stuff like that, you we really want, uh, just someone else to step up right now and just kind of like, you know, show, show the young guys that, Hey, you know what? Uh, we still see you guys. And, and definitely uh, uh, we're pulling for you to, you know, do, you know, play the game the right way and, and do everything right. So hopefully uh, Rodriguez stays on that path. And, and yeah. And, and I think another thing too was um, I saw uh, 
Pedro Martinez and MLB Network uh, give a, a cool little like speech to, to Rodriguez and kind of, you yeah. know, um, let him know that, you know, they're proud of him and, and that they, you know, if he, that he, to, to, as a country, as a uh, Latino and stuff like that, to kind of um, make sure he knows the responsibility that he has on his shoulders. Like, it's cool that you have a great yeah. contract. It's cool, you know, this and that. You have the accolades, but to just remember uh, your position and just remember that kids are looking up to you and, and, and to continue to, you know, play the game the right way, um, which I'm most confident that he will. So, um, all right. But that, that's a good way to end things. And uh, for episode 22 of the at bat baseball podcast presented by Sheesh. war media. Yes, sir. 22. And we're almost near the end. We got another month left plus the whole season. So uh, we'll be here every step of the way. And then of course, miles won't be here next week, but he'll be, he'll be back on episode 24. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll we wish you the best in, in Israel and hopefully everything uh, turns out well. And we'll get to, you know, the, like you said, we'll, we'll have a little sneak peek, hopefully of like what, you know, a little bit of uh footage of what you got and we'll put it in. The Absolutely. Next yeah. Absolutely. I'll share everything. Stuff. All right, man. All right. For Saul Rodriguez, miles Porter. Uh, this is the at bat baseball podcast and see you next week.